It's at the letters for Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Arden Zwelling with Ben Nicholson Smith. Our producer is Christian Ryan. And we are into what day 28 hour 12 minute six of Shohei Watch. Ben has been furiously working at his uh, command center slash nuclear bunker. He has been tracking the flight records from the private jets. He has been sifting through the garbages at CAA headquarters. He's been surveilling the dog walkers in Southern California. Ben, I mean, just where are you at right now as far as covering this thing? I can only imagine that you have neither slept nor ate nor bathed in uh, a matter of weeks. Uh, Well, thankfully, it's not quite that dire. Um, Yeah, uh, the sleep part is um, is true. It's been quite a ride. Like, I think, you know, the last week or so, uh, things have really accelerated on the Shohei Otani front, and the Blue Jays are obviously front and center in that. Um, So it's been a really interesting, a really fun week. At the same time, as we record this now on Thursday afternoon, early afternoon, definitely kind of burnt out from this stuff. Definitely kind of (laughs) tired. I'm not tired of the story. I'm not bored of the story. Like, it's not that I'm, I'm just like physically tired, if that makes sense. Oh, you can tell that there were uh, a lot of people who were kind of frayed uh, at the uh, the winter meetings there at the Grand Opry, uh, Opryland Hotel, whatever it's called. Like you could see, you know, the the big time baseball columnists were getting upset and <laughs> right in there. That was so wild, by the way. I mean, <laughs> it's just as an aside, like why shouldn't Shohei Otani just take his time and make his choice? Uh, he's only signing like a life-changing contract that is completely unprecedented in the history of North American professional sports. Yeah. It's only yeah. that. Like, he might want to think about it. And it's not like this is a new thing. Like This is a product of the collectively bargained baseball offseason where if you don't have a deadline, things are going to take time. And if you want a deadline, collectively bargain it. And it's just, it, it's still entertaining. To me, as, as someone who writes about this stuff, I actually have found it so easy to come up with storylines it's so interesting it's so captivating the idea that this somehow isn't interesting I, I actually don't understand that i find this to be incredibly interesting oh for those who peddle in the uh the mlb attention economy like the last week has been a gold rush yeah right there are a lot of clicks and retweets and likes out there to be one like the for me like the early winner of the mlb offseason Ben is Elon Musk because there are a lot of baseball fans who are providing him with unpaid labor, just absolutely glued to their phones, spending hours upon hours on his app. So like, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just is preposterous to suggest that Otani by taking his time to make a decision that is literally going to set a new high water mark for labor compensation in a $11 billion industry by taking his time to consider that, to suggest that that, that there is in any way, a problem with that or that there is in any way something broken with the MLB offseason or that this has been in any way a bad thing for interest or intrigue in the sport it, it just confounds me it's completely preposterous to suggest that yeah and it's it's also kind of a self-centered take because like would any of those commentators or, or pundits 
broadcast their own contract negotiations? Like, would they <laughs> would they share information as those are developing? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so, you know, would any general manager uh, share their own contract talks? Like, no. Um, so, of course, Shohei Otani is entitled to privacy, and I actually think that you know we're learning a lot about him, even as he's not speaking in this and. Wouldn't it be worse if Shohei Otani was leaking things left and right and if there were all kinds of gossip coming from him indirectly, coming from his agency indirectly? Wouldn't that be more worrisome as a fan base or, or as a team, uh, front office employees? If this guy was gossiping left and right, that might actually suggest that he's easily distractible from the task at hand. It was only a couple of years ago that we had Trevor Bauer like filming hype videos with the the jerseys of various franchises, yep. the Blue Jays being one of them, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Which and would you rather? Constantly tweeting throughout the entire thing, like attacking journalists during his, uh, you know, while he was being recruited by various franchises, releasing YouTube videos and the S storm around all of that. Like you saw the opposite of it. And I don't know that anybody particularly enjoyed that. And like, oh, by the way, it was only a few years ago during the Harper Machado offseason that those guys were unsigned until like spring training. We're only in early December. Like we have we have precedent from years ago where things took much, much, much longer to evolve and played out at a much, much slower pace. So uh yeah, the entire thing was ridiculous. Yeah. Total buzz kill for something. Well, actually it didn't kill the buzz. The buzz is still real. Everyone's looking at Yusei Kikuchi's wife's Instagram story there in Toronto. Oh uh, doesn't God. mean doesn't mean that that's a sign of anything. Toronto's a nice city to spend some time in. There are lots of reasons to be here. But it it's it, so I shouldn't say buzzkill but it was just to me those were some of the least original least creative takes this is so interesting how are you not captivated by this like i said i'm tired out like i i'm ready for this to reach a resolution <laughs> i'm really ready for this to reach a resolution but it's been so fun it's still been an incredibly fun ride on the just very quickly on the Kikuchi thing, like it does seem like he's in Toronto. But by the way, you know, you say Kikuchi told me during the season last year that he was going to be in Toronto during the offseason in order to train with Mitchell Hooper, who is the world's strongest man and lives in Ontario because you say Kikuchi wants to get his deadlift up over 600 pounds. So I think that it is quite likely, uh, or at least possible, that you say Kikuchi is like in a gym in Barrie with Mitchell Hooper right now, working on keeping his hips high uh you know and his lats back in in his deadlift just as likely as it is that uh you know he's is some part of the recruitment of Shohei Otani at this point and had to come to Toronto to participate in that like I, I oh, think the most <laughs> that is <laughs> amazing ahead. by the way that is so good like I and just adding to the legend of Yusei Kikuchi has a bounce back year with the Jays then helps them recruit Shohei Otani no one said that to me in so many words but you know, it is it has become very, very apparent to me that, yeah, he most likely did um, pitch Shohei Otani on Toronto, um, did express uh, a, a real welcoming message to Shohei Otani, of course, his former high school. Um, I won't say teammate because they weren't there at the same time, but uh, went to the same high school. So not only is he doing that, but then he comes back here and works on his deadlift like this guy is having himself <laughs> quite a 2023. 
I don't know for a fact that he's doing that. I, I haven't reached out to to Mitchell to ask, but uh, it, it's that is just as plausible. But like, so here's the thing, right? Like, this is what can happen in this incredible information vacuum that we have right now, and just the uniqueness of this free agency is that you can create all manner of like narrative and storyline and uh, often fan fiction that is entirely plausible because we have so little actual credible information. Like there's so little actual evidence of where Shohei's leaning, what his preferences are, what he wants. I mean, in some cases, who he's even talking to. Everyone in the industry and everyone in the greater baseball world is trying to connect the dots with him right now. But there are honestly so few dots like the most credible information we have is that um he met with the blue jays in dunedin he met with the dodgers in la and he met with the giants in san francisco like those things have been credibly reported and i i think that like it is absolutely fair to believe those things but beyond that like we're just dealing with complete fantasy you can make up just any kind of baseless speculation any kind of fan fiction in this information vacuum and it's entirely plausible because there's just such a lack of evidence with which to dispute those things so i think that's why this entire pursuit this free agency this recruitment this entire situation has really taken on uh such an absurd life of its own yeah for sure for sure and and so like you said we do know that there is a group of finalists. The Blue Jays are in that group of finalists. The Cubs and the Angels appear to still be considered in that small group of finalists. But um, in talking to people in the industry about this over the course of the last week, and especially in the course of the last few days in Nashville, the two teams that seem to be at the forefront are the Dodgers and Blue Jays. Now, a lot of that is speculative, and no one knows, and he could still choose the Giants. That's that's on the table, right? No one no one knows this except for a very small circle of people, likely including his interpreter, Ipe, his uh, agent, Nezbolello, maybe a couple advisors uh, based in Japan. That's it. It's, it is not a small circle. Clearly, they are not leaking information as this develops. So a lot of this is speculative, but in the eyes of a lot of the executives... Um, the Dodgers and Blue Jays are at the forefront. I think the Dodgers have been leading this race the whole way. And honestly, I think the Blue Jays have caught them. And I see the Blue Jays and Dodgers being pretty close in this thing right now. Um, And to me, the biggest thing in this was that visit to the PDC. Because you you know as well as I do, Arden, like the Blue Jays would have a little seven-minute video on Mark Shapiro's laptop that they could have shown to, to Shohei Otani uh, via email or in person. And that could have been, hey, this is like a cool PDC video. And that could have accomplished the goal of introducing him to that facility. But he had enough interest in the Blue Jays and in their facility to fly across the country and visit it. That is not a short flight. That is not a small display of interest. That is not him trying to juice up his price. Um, because I think the Blue Jays would have offered 500 plus million even if he hadn't made that flight. To me, that is a sign that there is real mutual interest between those two sides. And the thing that you just got at there that kind of gets overlooked in all this, and I even think it's just worthwhile just taking a second just to state it like clearly and just to recognize this. For him to make that flight and for him to have come to Dunedin, the Blue Jays have made a serious competitive offer 
for Shohei Otani, who, again, is going to sign a deal at the end of this that is unprecedented in North American professional sports history. He, they, he is not going to the complex if the Blue Jays are not making that legitimate offer. Like, we're, we're talking about 10, 11, 12 years, 500, 550, 600 million dollars. Like, the Toronto Blue Jays have tabled a contract that is unprecedented. I mean, just let that sink in for a moment. Like, at the end of 2020, just three years ago, the largest free agent deal the Blue Jays had ever completed was Russell Martin. Five years, $85 million. The largest contract of any type was the Vernon Wells extension, $126 million over seven. There is an offer on the table right now from the Toronto Blue Jays that is almost certainly in excess of $500 million. Like This is a franchise that has substantially altered the way that it operates in the last few years. Like It has absolutely raised its standing across MLB globally. It was only a few years ago that the Blue Jays making an offer like that would have been preposterous to suggest. It would have been absurd. The Blue Jays are doing things right now that have never been done before in the like 45-year history of this franchise. And I do think it's just worth citing that and stating that because it is like a pretty remarkable moment for the Blue Jays. It's massive. Yeah, it, it really is. And there's, in my mind, I have zero doubt that the offer or offers um, that they've made to Shohei Otani are above 500 million. Um, there's zero doubt. Same with the Dodgers and likely other teams as well. But you don't go this far down the road to show up and offer 410. Like it's, it's, there's zero doubt in my mind. And like you say, that is massive just from the standpoint of this franchise. And they are, without a doubt, operating like a big market team. That is how they should be operating. That is how they can best take advantage of um, their resources and and uh, this this chance to be a, a really good baseball team. Now, making that offer isn't the end of the road. To to really embrace that identity as a big market team, you got to push that past the finish line. To some extent, now that's out of their hands. They're in this limbo period right now, and I do think. You know, it's you know, there's so many angles, so many ways to look at this. I I still don't think that you get a medal for finishing second place on a free agent ever. I so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and 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 say that there's gonna be some huge silver lining if he ends up signing with the Dodgers because that really would be a massive blow for this organization. But at the same time, we've learned a lot about them. Win or lose this bid, we have learned a lot about how they operate, and we've learned a lot about how committed. Um, they are top to bottom to, you know, some in select opportunities making a really big push because, and look, we're owned by Rogers communications as well here at Sportsnet. So that must be said, but that is a significant offer from the ownership group. I think that's like, that's part of this story too. That is, and, and you know, may, you can make it that way you will. You can interpret that how you want, but like $500 million in USD, keep in mind in Canadian dollars, that's closer to a billion. That is a massive, massive, uh, offering. Larger than any contract signed by any athlete in the history of North American professional sports. Like, and this yeah. is also in the context, by the way, of a league in which like, there are many clubs right now facing extremely uncertain financial futures due to the bankruptcy of Diamond Sports Group. Uh, you know, A lot of regional sports networks, very uncertain futures, a lot of rights fees that a lot of clubs were counting on uh, are at risk of disappearing like entirely 
entirely. I mean, you know, one of the most like substantial revenue streams for many MLB clubs is in question. That's why you're seeing a lot of clubs operating the way that they are this offseason. I mean, that's why you're seeing Juan Soto getting traded to the Yankees so that the uh, the Padres don't have to go take out another loan just to cover uh, you know their payroll commitments. You're seeing the Mariners dump salary. Uh, the Mets already traded all their stars during the season. They're taking a step back. Uh, you know, the Orioles have one of the most like exciting, talented young cores in the game, and they seemingly just refuse to spend to supplement it you look at like one of the most active teams even in free agency this offseason the cardinals right like they they've signed a bunch of pitchers but they're just spreading their money around a bunch of mid-market signings in an attempt to win like just enough games to win the nl central like just enough games to win a weak division the blue jays are not doing that like the blue jays are trying to sign like a player for an amount that has never been awarded before they're trying to sign a player that could be like an eight win talent they are operating in the upper echelon of clubs like they're operating like the yankees like the dodgers the braves the rangers the phillies like there are a select few franchises in this league that spend really big build rosters to win as many games as possible that try to behave like behemoths quote to steal a phrase from mark shapiro you know there there are a lot of teams in much worse situations that you could be supporting as a fan right now than the toronto blue jays so like i, I just think it's just it's just remarkable that like that kind of offer has even been made when if we were having this conversation three years ago, like we just wouldn't have even suggested that the Blue Jays would be doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, do you find it hard to stay on an even keel with this stuff at all? No, no, I don't. Um, I'm pretty unemotional about it. I'm pretty detached from it, man. Like, I'm not a okay. fan, right? So, yeah, yeah. The thing is, too, like, I am, you know, very aware of Shohei Otani's, like, history um, as an athlete. Like, you know, I, I got to spend some time with him in Japan, like, before he came over to the U.S. Like, I know that it's a mistake to just, like, assume that he is motivated conventionally, <laughs> that he, uh, you know, has the same, you know, he's driven by the same incentives as, uh, you know, other typical athletes. So, uh, you know, like, I know not to, like, do too much of the fan fiction or to get too carried away with anything beyond what we, like, credibly know. Like, I'm, I'm pretty evidence-driven in all things. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty even-keeled. Are you saying you're not? I know I think I've been pretty even killed with it so far. It's just it's been really busy. And I think what I'm getting at is more the, you know, as we look ahead here, just how much things are going to swing, because we're almost like we're at this moment. And Shai wrote this the other day where it's like everything is suspended in time. And I think that's a good way to put it where, you know, we know the Blue Jays have made their pitch and the Dodgers, too, and some other a few other teams, a few other finalists of which the Blue Jays are a finalist here, obviously. So. As Shohei now deliberates, it's going to go in one of two directions. Either the Blue Jays get him or they don't. <laughs> Those are the obvious outcomes here. And if they get him, it's a tipping point. It's an inflection point. The franchise is going in one direction, and they are clearly establishing a big market. This changes the business of Sportsnet. This changes our jobs. This changes the Blue Jays media market um, with dozens of Japanese reporters following him on a daily basis. This changes the Rogers business in some ways. This changes a ton of things, even the perception within that room among players. Because of course, players are following this. They are watching this as closely as we are in some cases. So it would be a huge step forward. Now, if they don't get him, 
then all of a sudden, I don't know exactly, I'm not here to try to predict exactly what public perception would be in the fullness of time, but I think that in the immediate aftermath, it would be crushing. Like this would be a crushing blow for the fan base. It's interesting, right? Like I do think everyone needs to set their own expectations and everyone does need to sort of take a deep breath and just think about the emotion of this and why they feel certain things and whether there's any evidence for the things that they are feeling like and that's not just like people <laughs> good good luck with that Arden. yeah good luck man. good luck convincing the fan base to view it that way and i understand that that's hard that's something that i work really hard to do in my personal yeah. life right it's not like easy that's it's not easy at all no like that's something that i have to like think about a lot and like put a lot of direct a lot of mental energy to um but it's you know something that i've arrived at as being best for myself like and i'm not even talking about baseball right now i'm talking about life but like on the baseball side you know even internally with the Blue Jays, right? Like, yeah, look, if the Blue Jays miss out on, on Otani, obviously, like, this will be a significant emotional letdown for everyone involved. And by yep. the way, like, at this point, it's not just Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins and Mike Morove and Joe Sheehan involved. Like, the cat's out of the bag. And because the Blue Jays are a modern, well-run organization, we know that they currently are preparing all kinds of things on the odd chance that they sign Shohei Otani in 48 hours time so that they're ready to go. Like you would have to, you need to have jerseys ready to go. Like the second that press release is like comes out that you've signed Shohei Otani, there are going to be people arriving at Jay's shop looking for jerseys. Like you need to have that ready. You need to have social media elements ready. You need to have yeah. signage ready. You need to have promotional materials ready. You need to think about how this is going to impact your promotional schedule. You need to think about how this impacts your advertising. You need to have your ticket office better staffed on the day that this is announced. So like, I promise you, there are people within the Blue Jays organization who are working on this right now with the Blue Jays having no certainty whatsoever, like no idea if they're going to sign Shohei Otani or not. Like they are doing all kinds of work without any guarantee that Shohei will ever actually be a Toronto Blue Jay. Like this weekend, people's weekends are going to be upended by this because they're going to be doing work on it. And you it's very say. possible that like Saturday night, you know, a, a pass and report comes out that Shohei is signed with another club and then those people are going to have to like close their laptops and have a very long exhale and go pour themselves a glass of wine because there was a lot of work put into this that was all ultimately for nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. And I think like absolutely to some extent, there has to be a plan in place, an idea in place. I, I mean, I don't think they're getting to the point of like actually printing jerseys or anything like that. I think they're ready to print jerseys. You'd have to be then. You need a bunch of ones and a bunch of sevens, you know? Well, like, talk to Jose Barrios first. Um. <laughs> I bet you, honestly, I would, and I don't, I'm not reporting this, but like, yeah. this is just my assumption. I bet you the Blue Jays have already spoken to Jose Barrios about whether yeah. he would give up that number or not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be I would surprised. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think that the level of organizational involvement here is comprehensive, right? From ownership all the way down to, you know, the pro scouts who watched them this season, right? Um, and then you have analytics people, then you have creative people, then you have, you know, the Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, the front-facing front office executives, and clearly at the ownership level, yeah, this is, we're talking about a deal of this scale. Ownership has to be involved. The corporate side has to be involved. 
um, there would be no other way to to contemplate a deal of this scale. So it, it's massive. I think that if it happens, and and like just to state this as as clearly as possible, I think the Dodgers um, are are still an incredibly strong contender for Shohei Otani, and I think that. If he signs with the Dodgers, I won't be surprised at all. But at the same time, it's gotten to the point that I see the Blue Jays right there with them, and I almost see it as like 40 or 45% Dodgers, 40 or 45% Blue Jays, toss the other teams a few percentage points. Like, there there you go. Um, So we'll see where it all goes. But it's going to be not everyone will react with the same sort of um, emotional, uh, I don't want to say control, but just like reserve maybe that you're talking about there. Are you talking about like people who make decisions or are you just kind of talking about public sentiment? So publicly, it's going to be all over the map. That's a guarantee. But then, you know, I actually even think that within the front office, these they're human beings. This is going to be tough. If they don't get Shohei Otani, it's going to be tough to to turn the page of course they'll do it they're professionals it's their job there are still good players out there there's still good pathways to a good team without Shohei Otani I know no one probably wants to hear that but it's true um you can still win the AL East without Shohei Otani it won't be as easy the team won't be as fun Uh, the franchise won't be transformed they can still do it and they would have to do everything in their power to make that happen but I think it would still be a really challenging internal couple of days because of everything that's gone into this organizationally yeah i mean when you're talking about the modern mlb front office like you're talking about people whose bible is thinking fast and slow so i like i really like would be very surprised if anyone made an emotional rash decision uh based off of shohei otani not signing with their club like that's just not the way i understand these people to operate I, I agree with that. And I don't think you're going to see them go out and say, okay, well, you know, Shohei Otani chose the Dodgers. So that means we're going to go to 240 on Cody Bellinger when in reality we we value him at a max of 170 internally. And I'm making those numbers up for the record, but um, it might be pretty close. But um, but yeah, um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, they're, yeah, they're not going to go out and do, it's not like, you know, me where I have a bad, you know, whatever, I'm stressed out and I go and like impulse buy something or, you know, like it's not going to be that. It's not going to, it's not going to be, um, oh, we're just going to spend 75 million extra dollars on Cody Bellinger. They have their internal valuations. They will stick to those. They will stick to their process. And, and that's the right thing to do. Obviously, you don't want to make a, an emotional response to this either way. Um, they still have time. They still have resources. But man, that is going to make Blue Jays fans mad if it happens that way. And man, understandably so. Because there's just, if they end up with like Jock Peterson and and I don't know, uh, you know, I, I I'm not going to say Ahmed Rosario because I I people people think that I'm like obsessed with him, <laughs> but um, but uh, can't you know, say Jamer Candelario anymore. Can't say him anymore. He's off the no, table. He's off the table. He, they even missed out on Jamer Candelario, the most <laughs> mid free agent that ever was. But um, you know, hey, like Jamer's just try. He just signed the deal of his life. All right, give him. that man a break. He's got to go look for a house in Cincinnati. Like let him enjoy his moment. Yeah, good for <laughs> you know, good for Jamer. Why do you gotta take one more kick at the poor guy? I'm so uh, glad I, they didn't sign him because <laughs> if I like, if I had to ask him for like a one-on-one next year for the pregame show, you know, on some Saturday in Cleveland, having like been here while you just take like sitting next to you while you take unnecessary pot shots at the guy all off season long, I don't know, I could have done it. 
you'd be doing the sideline report with him and I'd just be blowing up your phone. Like it would be, um, it would be bad, but yeah, like it would be a letdown. And, and I know, yeah, of course, like, yeah, there's, you know, decision-making and, and there's, there's all kinds of thought into this. As you said, your process is going to be sound with this stuff, but again, they're human beings and they've put a ton into this. And remember too, everyone's boss is involved in this. Everyone's boss is looking at them. Um, it's not like a minor league deal for, uh, you know, or a waiver claim for Tyler Heineman, which like, you know, not everyone in the organization cares about that, but this is so public facing. Everyone knows what's happening, even though apparently no one can admit it and no one can even, you know, publicly, and we'll get to that in a second, but like, you know, everyone knows what's happening here. So in a sense, they're in the spotlight. They have the chance to make something amazing happen, but it's equally possible that it will be a disappointment. It is clear that there is a lot of emotion involved, I mean, all over with this, and it is making people, uh, you know, act a little crazy. Like, people are getting a little bit squirrely. Like, you just referenced the the Dave Roberts of it all, um, which, like, was what, you know, there's been 15 different absurd things here from, like, flight, you know, tracking the flights to trying to analyze the background behind Ross Atkins to where in the world is Ross Atkins to, like, let's put this guy on 15 different platforms to ask him questions that we know he can't answer to, you know, why won't John Schneider talk about Shohei, but Dave Roberts will. Dave Roberts got a text message he huddled with the PR. Did he blow it? I mean, the best line in that was when someone someone wrote that Dave Roberts' face went stressed. I just that was thought that was such a funny way to put it. Not that it's inaccurate. Like I was standing right there, and it's it's such a weird thing to see it unfold that way. But it's yeah, what a and, and but to me, this is all actually kind of fun. Like this is where, yeah. and even now talking about it, I'm actually getting re-energized because it's like. It's it's so wild. It's just as entertaining as a baseball game to me, at least. Like this is, in fact, this is more entertaining than watching Blue Jays Royals on on May the fourteenth. Like this is like quite entertaining. Well, I would suggest that there are a lot of people out there for whom the transactions are much more entertaining than the actual sport itself. Um, yeah, I th- yeah. I think they play one hundred and sixty-two games, man. They're not all great. <laughs> <laughs> you and I yeah. know that pretty well. You know, and it's just like the suggestion that, you know, by saying that the Dodgers had met with Shohei Otani, by just like speaking this obvious truth that everybody knows, as you said, like the suggestion that that would in any way impact the Dodgers' potential of signing the free agent is just like, is so beyond like, any, like it's just so absurd. I mean, look, it's not like he came out and said, like, here's the amount of money he's asking for. Here are his preferences. Here's what he didn't like about the Angels. Like, here's, you know, how involved his agent wants to be, you know, how much control he wants wants to exert over him when when he's with our, our organization like he didn't share anything privileged or anything intimate uh he didn't say anything scandalous i mean he just said yeah we met with the best free agent available the best free agent who has ever been available in our league uh you know to suggest to like Shohei otani you saw that and was like well cross the dodgers off the list like that just like i really did demonstrate just how absurd a lot of this has gotten Oh, big time. And I think my initial thought when I saw that Dave Roberts had said that was like, good for him. He's not saying anything wild. Like, yeah, of course. I kind of wish the Jays um, would be candid in that way, too. But of course, you understand it. They've been given instructions from CAA. And like for all the Jays fans listening to this, I suspect the preference on the part of Jays fans would be for Ross Atkins and John Schneider 
to deny uh, or, or to, to refuse to confirm um, any of those details because the Blue Jays want to land Shohei Otani. So that is their best way to do it. So it's all kind of absurd. It's all like this this sort of theater. But it, it's interesting to me too from the from the standpoint of control because it seems to me that Shohei Otani is most likely choosing a new team here. So it'll be a new relationship between him and his agency at CAA and the the front office executives and coaching staff involved. And like any relationship, there's going to be kind of expectations that are set and patterns that are set. And how that starts is going to be important to how things develop over the course of the years that that relationship unfolds. And it seems to me that CAA or, or Otani through CAA is trying to exert some amount of control here on the optics on how things are framed publicly on how much information the media gets and what role media plays in all of this and I'm not saying that to be alarmist again I think if you're Shohei Otani you could not possibly satisfy the demands of the media so that means you are going to say no to a lot of media opportunities and doing that in a strategic way makes some sense because there are not enough hours in the day for him to do the number of media requests that he is that he is given so um Either way, though, it seems that CAA and Shohei want to have some amount of control in all of this, including the public perception. And that control will extend through the agreement. Like that's not just control this winter. Like that is control that is going to be exercised or at least attempted to be exercised um, in April, in May in July. Like there are going to be limitations on Shohei Otani's media appearances. Um, you can expect that any time that he suffers an injury, uh, multiple outside opinions are going to be sought as to the extent of that injury. He's going to have some say as to whether he goes on the IL or not. I mean, he is not going to be treated like other players in the organization are like information even just about any injuries that he sustains or any absences from the team that he has are going to be extremely tightly controlled and any information that is released is going to be like at the behest of his agency like this is just this is what we've seen to this point in his career and like there's no reason why that would change going forward so um you know like and even just that is like i think the willingness to allow for that unique of a situation is reflected in the way that the toronto blue jays have been exceptionally cautious in making even blase public statements about uh shohei otani and their recruitment of him so you know when you sign otani like you're signing up for a very similar level of outside management just being exerted throughout his tenure with the club oh yeah that's how you end up in a situation where you know ross atkins is not at the winter meetings which is like kind of hilarious because of course like this has been on the calendar for a year and like every executive in baseball is there from like the training staff to the travel coordinators to the pr people like everyone is there and ross atkins isn't and then of course like He's, he ends up thanking Zoom on the on the call, and it's like you know that's how that's the lengths to which the Blue Jays are going to make sure that they are not stepping out of line here. But you know it could end up in a situation where you know in the path where the Blue Jays land Shohei Otani, then you know last year with the Angels, for example, he would speak after he started games, and that was it. Would not do other interviews, and would limit those interviews. And so there could be a situation next year. Who knows? Maybe he hits three home runs in a game. The Blue Jays walk it off against the Yankees. Arden, maybe you or Hazel, you know, work in the sideline that game. And the Blue Jays give you Ernie Clement to talk to after the game. Like that is legitimately, as I see it, a possibility. 
Listen to At The Letters ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A reality of this as well is that, like, this started in Japan for Otani, right? Because, like, to be Shoei Otani in Japan, I mean, he is one of the most recognizable people in that country. I mean, he cannot go anywhere without being recognized, without having his photograph taken. This is something I talked to him about, like, when I was with him in Japan, and it is not something that he enjoys. Like, he does not, at least he told me directly at that time, like, he does not enjoy that attention like he wishes he could be anonymous like I, this is not somebody who seeks celebrity uh this yeah. is not somebody who seeks fame and he told me that like that that spotlight that pressure wore on him in japan like i remember talking to him um about when the fighters won the npb title and i want to say it was 2016 uh and i remember saying like man what was your you know favorite part of that run to the title and he was like honestly my favorite part was after we won the title because we took like a post um like like a celebratory trip to hawaii as a team like everybody in the fires organization they all went to hawaii to celebrate and he you know shohei was telling me like i was so much more relaxed and at ease there because nobody knew who i was because yeah. I could just walk around, right? Like I could just blend in. Like I didn't have everybody running up to take my photo. I didn't have, you know, paparazzi around. Like the word even paparazzi to like describe, you know, the, the level of attention on Shoei Otani, like that's not hyperbole. There is a beat. Like there are people who are employed to cover Shohei Otani. And if the Toronto Blue Jays sign Shohei Otani, there is going to be an entire beat of Japanese media who are going to live in Toronto throughout the season and travel on the road and be around the team at all times. And their access to Otani is going to be curtailed. And that means they're going to be going up to Bo Bichette, to Kevin Biggio, to Ernie yep. Clement, uh, to David Schneider, asking them, hey, what did Otani do today? Hey, what did you see from Otani? Hey, when Otani had those two homers in the game, what did you think? What was going through your mind? Like that is going to be a reality of signing Otani is like bringing that intense interest from Japan. Like that is something that will follow him everywhere he goes for the rest of his career, very likely the rest of his life. Absolutely. It's a, he is a huge, huge star to the extent that even people remotely in his orbit also become inundated with requests for their time. And I can speak to that uh, just a little bit after this past week where every day that I was at the winter meetings, I um, did interviews with Japanese media. Um, and these are not people that I knew before this week. Some of them had uh, you know, really great questions and <clears throat> was really happy to chat with them. Um, but essentially strangers coming up to me and saying, hey, like I, I think you're Ben, do you cover the Blue Jays? And I said, yes. And they said, hey, can we chat to you for for a few minutes and so I did a lot of Japanese media this week just as someone who is covering the team that might get Shohei Otani. He's obviously not a Blue Jay. This is a maybe he will be a Blue Jay and me someone who is not uh, you know even doesn't work for the Blue Jays doesn't doesn't but writes about them then there was an appetite for the information that I could provide about the team's possible pursuit of Shohei Otani. So that maybe gives an idea just of the extent to which the media market would change. But even then, I can't fully fathom it, I don't think. I was on the cover of Japanese newspapers. Oh, I've seen Japan. it. It's uh, we we tweeted that out at the time. In uh, <laughs> it's like it's amazing stuff. Like, oh, yeah, it's um, we should you should retweet it. I, I, I find a way to to share this because it 
those covers are amazing. I looked them up last week when we were about to talk about this. They're, they're still out there. Yeah, I'll like I'll text it to our little group chat right now. I because I've just like looked it up on my phone while you were talking. Like it, this is it, so when I was there, like I remember I got a call. I think like on the or no, I was it was the second last day that I was there, and somebody with the fighters was like, "Hey, uh, you know, somebody from our media like wants to talk to you because like they knew I'd been kind of shadowing Otani for for a few days or they'd seen me shadowing him." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, fine." You know, I assumed it was just gonna be like one guy who just you know wanted to ask a couple questions, and I'd show up. And it is no less than like 15 to 16 reporters sticking mics in my face. And like, I had no idea what I was walking into. All of a sudden, I'm being scrummed for 15 minutes on what did you and Shohei do? What did Shohei have to say? Is there an interest in Shohei in Canada? What do they think of him in Toronto? What do they know about him? How did you discover him? How did you learn about like all these questions about like what Shohei and I had been doing for the last few days? And then <laughs> I, was, I just thought it was like, it was a remarkable experience. And I was like, wow, that was weird. The next day I get to the airport. So I'm going back to uh, Toronto. I'm at Narita airport. And I'm like looking through the, uh, you know, the convenience store stand there, like the newsstand. And I'm like, is that my effing face on the paper? And then I look over, is that me on another page? Like, and I just texted this to you guys. I'm on multiple papers in Japan, photos of me, just because I was there talking to the guy. So there's like, this is off season. There is a beat that just covers everything that he does. Like when he went to go get his passport renewed, I remember someone was telling me because he like never left the dorms when he was there with the fighters. He went to go get his passport renewed and like the entire media freaked out because they like, they saw him get into a car and be driven off because he didn't own a car at the time. I don't even know if he had a driver's license and they drove him off to an airport and the entire media melted down. What is happening? Why is Otani going to an airport? What is this all about? Like it was this massive thing. He was just getting his passport renewed, but it was like massive news. So this is like, this is something that will be coming to Toronto if, yeah. uh, if the Blue Jays sign him. My, my favorite one of the pictures is the one of you with the speech bubble that says, nice to meet you. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, there's like there's arrows pointing from my eyes to like to Shohei. Um, it's it's totally and like within these newspapers, they had like done up um, photoshops with me on a plane and the Canadian flag and like a beaver and all this. <laughs> Like it, it's so I'm not surprised that they tracked you down and it wasn't only you, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure that it was, you know, shy and, and people from other markets. I mean, I can only imagine their quests of the Dodgers beat writers right now. Like, I, I you know, I can only like I can only imagine just at John Schneider's avail, which you were at. There must have been a huge Japanese media contingent there, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there was a big, um, big contingent there for Schneider, also for Ross Atkins, although it's interesting you know, and this is partly maybe because of the comments that Dave Roberts made, but then Brandon Gomes, the GM of the Dodgers, um, was nearby and there were more Japanese media following the uh, comments made by Brandon Gomes than there were for Ross Atkins. But, you know, who knows, right? Nobody knows except for that really small circle of people around Shohei Otani and and Shohei Otani might not have decided yet. You know, he might want to sleep on it a couple more days and then wake up on Saturday morning and make a decision. But yeah, in the meantime, there's so much speculation. There's so much interest. 
Um, this would totally change the Toronto media market. I think, you know, it would be the biggest acquisition maybe in the history of Canadian sports, I think without hyperbole. It's 100%. one of the biggest, right? Like, um, it's, yeah, it would be absolutely massive. Um, and it would change the, the, the media market in significant ways when you think about all the Japanese media that would be here, even to the point of like, and shout out to at Josh, the Jays fan for the uh, flight tracking um, that, that was really awesome. Um, and just like one of the really fun parts about this, but that shows the level of detail that people want when it comes to Shohei Otani. And, uh, you know, he's a global star. This is not like, you know, Bobochet. This is not like Vernon Wells. This is not, this is a global, global star and someone who, uh, has, you know, ad campaigns with GQ and Ho- Hugo Boss and, and New Balance. And, you know, it's not like Booster Juice, you know, no offense to Jose Bautista and, and certainly not, <laughs> certainly not to Booster Juice. I'm not trying to, not trying to throw them onto the bus here. But um, yeah, it's just like a different scale of global celebrity. Yeah, this is not a bullway uh, situation. Um, like he's going to sign a contract that is valued higher than the one Patrick Mahomes signed. You know, yeah, uh, like this is ma- like absolutely enormous. Like it's one of the reasons why, like Shohei, take your time, like take all the time you need. Like I, uh, we, we will be patient, dude. Like look, it, like if I were advising him, Ben, I would, I, like at this point, or you know, probably a couple of days ago at this point now, I would have said like, hey. There's this has been an emotional few weeks, dude. Like you have consumed a lot of information. You have traveled around the country from California to Florida, back to California. You've met a lot of new people. You've had like a lot of stimulus thrown at your sympathetic nervous system. Like just let everything settle for a few days. Like go take 72 hours, decompress spend some time with this, like go exercise, go just clear your head, turn off your phone, just allow the mo- like the emotion to come out of it and like make sure that you are making the decision that's right for you and the decision yeah. that you feel best about because this is literally the biggest decision any athlete has ever made in the history of the sport that you play, in the history of sport on this continent. So just like take your time. There is no rush you do not need to do this quicker just because uh you know insert baseball media guy here is impatient about it i saw someone say yeah shohei take your time you this is the biggest decision of your life because you have to decide where you're going to play for the next two years before you walk out (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i thought that was pretty good how do you think like <laughs> opt-outs like it's on we don't even it's funny we don't even talk about it it's such an under-discussed part of this but this is like a vital component of this negotiation oh, yeah. are the opt-outs I would think so. what that means you know how how important that is for Shohei and then like what that means for the time or for the team excuse me that is signing him and I think if you're the Jays you just gotta you gotta give him one um I think you do I think oh, like you after one I mean he might want a slate yeah, and I think you got to be open to it. Um, you know, maybe you backload the deal in that case. Like, look, if you can get him an opt out after three years, you can live with that. Um, after two would be really tough because after two years, then it's an exodus. You know, Vlad, Bo, Romano, Biggio. It's just it would be a lot. But you got to be you got to be willing to play ball. I think at a certain point, and hey, worst case, oh wow, you get the best player in the world for two years, and then he leaves. Like that's not a bad outcome either. So. I think you got to be open to it. 
And Brios has got an opt out in there, like in that territory as well. I think it's after 2026. So that would be uh, what three seasons from now. But like that's it's absolutely part of it. And then what that means for the values from season to season. Um, like it's, you know, you want to talk about like we did talk about the control that like Otani's reps are going to want to exert over his tenure with whatever team he's going to. Like the ultimate control is just having that series of what are essentially player options yeah um and like you know as i know like teams do not love awarding opt-outs <laughs> they do not yep. love giving up that level of control so just how like how many opt-outs he gets when the opt-outs are timed like that is a, a huge part of this yeah absolutely and um if that's what you have to do to get the player so be it if they can get him on a deal that doesn't have opt-outs that's way better like because again it's just if you view it through the lens of an opt-out is essentially turning it into a three-year deal with a seven-year player option, you know, which is like, that's, that's, it's not usually framed that way, but functionally, that's what it is if you have an opt-out after three years. So would you want to give a player a three-year deal with a seven-year player option, valued at like $350, $400 million? Probably not. But um, if that's what you have to do, that might be what you have to do. One, so my kind of final thought on all of this and i'll turn it over to you maybe you got some final thoughts as well but like my the one thing that's kind of like sticking with me and i mentioned it a little bit earlier is that like right now like in this like massive information vacuum like there's just so much entirely baseless speculation so much like fan fiction being thrown around it's all plausible right because you can like with with so little actual insight into what he's feeling or what his preferences are, you can make a completely plausible case based on no legitimate evidence that he is you know going to go back to the Angels or that he's going to join the Dodgers the whole time or that he actually is interested in the Blue Jays or that the Giants are going to woo him away or whatever. Like the one th- like I would really caution against just ascribing whatever you believe is a typical incentive system to Shohei Otani, like to assuming that because you would be motivated by something or because the common athlete is motivated by something because Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Judge is motivated by something, that that means that Shohei Otani will be motivated by that. Because if we know it, like what we have seen from his career is that Shohei will zig when everyone else expects him to zag. Coming out of high school in Japan, this is a guy who announced publicly it's kind of it's wild to like go back to a time when he was speaking publicly but like he said he was going straight to MLB out of high school he took meetings with the Dodgers at that time the Red Sox the Rangers it was widely believed the Dodgers were the front runner like this is when he was 18 he told Japanese teams not to waste a draft pick on him because he was just going to the U.S. and the fighters still chose him Um, They took him first overall in the NPB draft, and they actually persuaded him to stay in Japan at a time when he was saying he was going to go to the U.S. This was a legitimately shocking turn of events in Japan at the time. This was headline news. No one expected Otani to forego the opportunity to play in MLB. And then once he was an NPB player and he had committed to the fighters and to playing for them for however many years at that point, obviously he was going to stay in Japan until he was 25. Because at that point, he'd be free of international bonus pool restrictions. You know, MLB clubs could sign him for anything. He could have made his hundreds of millions of dollars at that point. But no, at 23, like he shocked everybody and left Japan and went to MLB and signed like a rookie deal 
because of the like international bonus pool restrictions. He was only two years shy of being free of all of that, of all of those caps. He had massive financial incentive to stay in Japan for two more years. And he said, nah, I'm good. I'll go to the US. I'll leave that money on the table. So like we have just seen a few times now in his career that Shohei is just incentivized and motivi- motivated differently than like common professional athletes are and so i just think it's really important to keep that in mind throughout this process yes i think that's a really good point and it lines up with everything that i've heard i've spoken to a lot of people who have had some involvement with you know shohei otani in the last week and maybe that means pursuing him maybe that means um you know they're they're friends with him or no they know close friends of him All of that lines up with what you're saying right there. This guy is going to make his own call. And I think especially now in a way that when he first came over, he didn't know the the U.S. He didn't know North America at that point. Now he does. He's going to be able to make his own call. But I do have a few other little thoughts to tackle here before we go. Please. All right. So one, um, free agent deals, mega free agent deals. Sometimes they're really good. Bryce Harper, Corey Seager, Freddie Freeman, Garrett Cole. Sometimes these are deals that you want. So don't forget that in all of this. I'm not talking to you, but I'm just saying generally. Um, you know, free agent deals can be great. Um, two, just some selling points that the Blue Jays have that I think will matter to Shohei Otani. They do have a dome that's much more common in Japan and um, provides some certainty with respect to weather. They also have, uh, it was interesting to hear Ross Atkins say, the healthiest pitching staff in baseball last year. I'm sure that was a message that they've relayed to Shohei. And also, you think about guys coming back from two Tommy Johns, Chad Green and Hunjin Ryu, both two-time Tommy John recoveries, I guess would be a way to put it, that the Blue Jays had this past season. Both came back successfully. I guarantee that was part of their pitch to Shohei as well. And the last thing, whatever happens here, we don't know what's going to happen here, but whatever happens here, Shohei does like the Blue Jays. This is real. He likes the Blue Jays. He has serious interest in joining the Toronto Blue Jays. We don't know what's going to happen. It would be devastating to the Blue Jays and to their fans. If uh, Maybe not devastating to the Blue Jays. They'll have to find a way to bounce back. But it, it would be devastating to some in the organization and many in the fan base if he chooses a different team. Understandably so. That would suck. That would be a, a tough one to take. But don't let that change the fact that this interest is real. He has real interest in the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that they are going to be either getting him or being the runner-up. And I think that there is some capital, some cachet just in that, just in Otani's like genuine interest in the Blue Jays and the fact that the Blue Jays could be the runner up in this process. Um, Like if Shohei Otani comes away with from this with like a really strong impression of the Blue Jays franchise, of their people, their culture, their resources, which we talked about extensively on the last podcast about like how important the PDC is and the investments the Blue Jays have made in sports science and building all of that out have have been to this. Like, I do think there are like positive downstream impacts to that, even though obviously it would be just a massive blow and incredibly demoralizing if he, you know, does not end up with your franchise at the end of this recruiting process. 
But like that's because you know Shohei Otani is not the last star player the Blue Jays are going to try to recruit. He's not the last Japanese player the Blue Jays will try to pursue. He's not the last like nine figure player the Blue Jays are going to try to sign. And we know this about baseball players. They talk to each other, especially at those upper echelons. Like if you were in that very rare one percent of baseball players who can sign like massive deals like this, these are guys who talk to each other about the experiences that they had when being recruited about what they saw. So if you're the Blue Jays and when the next um, you know phenom is posted from NPB and you're trying to get involved in that, that guy's probably calling Shohei Otani and saying like, hey, what was your experience with the Blue Jays? Like, what you know, what what happened when they were trying to recruit you? You want Otani to say positive, encouraging things at that time. If Otani ends up with the Dodgers and, um, you know, he ends up playing with like insert, like really marquee player X and that player is a pending free agent and the Blue Jays pursue that player. He's going to call his old teammate and say like, Hey man, you had a dalliance with the Blue Jays. Like, you know what, like what was your experience with them? What did you learn about them? What did you take away from that? Like, I do think that just the sheer fact that an athlete of Shoei Otani's caliber and standing has considered the team this strongly and gone this far down the road with them does lend some serious legitimacy to the Blue Jays as one of the like top destinations in baseball. Yeah. And you know, ultimately money talks and for them to be at this territory is, uh, is massive and they're clearly willing to spend big. Um, and understandably so this guy's an unbelievable player. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. He's an eight to 10 war player, I think next year he's going to hit 45 to 55 home runs. Maybe, you know, if a few things go right, I think he could hit 60. Like, he's an unbelievable talent. And um, I'm not predicting 60, just for the record. I just think he's a true talent, 45 to, let's say 45 to 50. Um, true talent, 45 to 50 home run hitter. It's an unbelievable player. Then he's going to come back the next year and pitch. This guy's amazing. Um, and it's a results business. So, there's a huge difference between getting an amazing player and not getting an amazing player. And soon we'll know which side of that line the Blue Jays are on. Any parting shots on Shohei? Thoughts still rattling around in your head from the winter meetings that we didn't get to because this may be the last time that we talk about him uh, before he makes a decision. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I think it's Blue Jays or Dodgers. They'll say that. That's all I got. Do you have like a completely, uh, you know, baseless and uh, unsubstantiated prediction as to when this will happen and who will ultimately win this pursuit? Well, when? Yeah. I mean, teams have been told to expect this weekend. So mm. I think I think this weekend. So where I, I don't know. I, I think Blue Jays or Dodgers is about as far as I want to narrow it. I could really see either one. I'm not trying to hedge there. But like, it's not going to be the Giants. It's not going to be the Angels. It's not going to be the Cubs. In my opinion, please don't post that. MLB trade rumors if you're listening. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like it's going to be Blue Jays or Dodgers. In my opinion, no, I think it's Blue Jays or Dodgers as well. But like again, this is like I have no insight. I have no insight on this, right? Like I have no insight information. Like this, that's. I just mean, like, you have some insight on this. Like not everyone's talked to Shohei Otani or, or visited him, or you know, not everyone reports on the Blue Jays. But I also have enough insight to understand how little I have. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you're not Nesbolello. None of us are. There's some extreme Dunning Kruger there, um, but like I know enough to know how little I know. Uh, sure. But uh, like the one thing I want to predict is that this news will come out on Saturday night at like 11 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Pacific. 
That's that's when I think it's going to happen. 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, Saturday night. Okay. My prediction for timing is tomorrow, Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Holy smokes. Christian, you got to get to work. We got to get out of here yeah. so Christian can turn this thing around. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, Go ahead. And then I'm going to say that it breaks via... Um, I would love to predict myself here, but um, <laughs> I'm going to say that it breaks via... Um, like, how wild would it be if it was just like a tweet from the team? Um, but Atlanta Braves style. Yeah, that would just, be incredible. just a press release. Um, I'm going to say that it breaks via a fan um, on Twitter. Um, and yeah, a fan somehow gets it around like 6.30. And then by 7, it's confirmed. Why wouldn't Nez just announce it? He did all the work. And that's yeah. what they did last time. Last time, yeah. Nez sent an email. This is public information. I'm not revealing anything secret here. Last time, Bolello sent an email to a select group of uh, reporters. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I just, I feel like that's, I just think Nez should just announce it. However, whatever means he has to announce these things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but I don't know. That's what I would do. I would yeah. just say it to the world. Yeah, exactly. There's no need to like, you know, hide behind someone else. You can just announce it on your Twitter or something. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, ben, thanks for taking the time. We know that you've had a very long winter meetings week. So uh, uh, this is, so if you're saying you've got about like 36 hours here where That's you right. can kind of check out a little bit. Yeah, I don't think I'll be checking out. Um, But uh, no, this is super fun. Like I think, you know, obviously tiring time, busy time. But yeah, it's it's incredible. It's it's great for the sport. I think um, it's fun for fans. And um, yeah, thanks to the Blue Jays fans who are listening to us right now and have kind of followed along for this ride. I know the interest has been unbelievable. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it all goes. Yep, a very good time uh, for those who peddle in the attention economy, that is for sure. I want to also thank Christian Ryan, who is going to uh, edit this thing and get it out uh, as quickly as possible before we are usurped by any kind of news, uh, before, you know, the smoke emerges from the cathedral Otani. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the offseason probably transpires rather quickly after that. We're going to have a lot to talk about going forward, but we're going to step away for now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. For Ben Nixon-Smith, I'm Arden Zwelling, our producer Christian Ryan, here at At The Lurks.